cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know this. That's it. I'm done. Hello and welcome back to Saxon Jacks. I'm Tom Howland, Andrew on the board. SB Futures down 10, NASA Futures down 55. Andrew, are we on? Yes, we are. Do we have Lou? Yes, we do. Lou, how are you? You sure we do? Everything is all set here, so... Lou, are you with us? Let's see. Okay, I guess I'll take a second to see what's going on here. All right, that's not a bad idea. Bank of England hangs rates by a quarter percent in split vote. We have a big down day yesterday in the market. We'll just review that for a second while we're... I think I might have heard a little. Dow was down 348 yesterday. S&P's down 63. NASDAQ down 310. It was a tumbler pretty much all day. It looked like it was going to come back a couple times, and it never did. We had the VIX up to uh, 16.74, and it was down below 13 last week. So that's a big move. Lou, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you five. Right, five. Sorry about that. There was some confusion. I had a little, little bit of confusion. We were uh, uh, Traffic was a problem, but other than that... Um, hey, how are you? And uh, all kinds of stuff to dis- discuss this morning, and I'm going to rant about your favorite topic, the law, a little bit. Just, uh, just uh, saying. Uh, just saying. Uh, well, I uh, let let's start let's start with the unobvious and a little more arcane issue that one of our uh, one of our listeners raised, and that is the change to the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which um, was modified this week by an exec- as far as I could tell uh, an executive order it was something put in place by Congress but in any event the the process by which these cases uh, serious cases are uh, are managed is changing uh, dramatically serious cases um, in the military yeah right. um, so I, I think you know I was a I was a jag for um, about uh, 16 years or so uh, on active duty and in the reserves with the Air Force. And one of the tenets of the military justice system that was was put in place at the UCMJ, I think was passed in 51, um, is that, you know, you have local control of the of the court process. And by local control, I mean a, you have a, a chain of command going directly from the, the person who's being charged with the offense and your chain of command runs, you know, above that person in the organization, and that chain of command is responsible for charging him, convening the trial, conducting the trial, and then and then uh, executing the sentence. The idea, of course, is that is that when this thing was designed, it, they wanted a a relatively fair, but at the same time, fast and efficient system that could not just promote justice and and that's the important thing to remember the military justice system is is got two goals the first is to to provide a mechanism of due process for service members and and, and justice in the field in the field but the, the second purpose is to enforce discipline 
and and that's a key element and and sometimes the the two of these these two things are are at odds you you want to be able to do things quickly enforcing discipline means means having a streamlined system that that allows a uh, a commander to to make a number of choices and and access to counsel is is part of that so the system um has a certain amount of of you know political for lack of a better term political element in it that's not present in the in the um, normal judicial system so this, this revolves particularly around the selection of of attorneys who are going to be prosecuting and defending the cases and it involves jury selection and that that those are the main differences in in the military system a jury is not selected by some random culling of the local military population the jury is selected by the commander who goes through and says okay i want the following people to be uh, to be put on on the panel and that's that's your that's your jury and unless you can figure out a way to challenge them off uh, as a defense counsel um, that that's who you're going to be stuck with i want these so, can- i want these kangaroos on my jury um, it it could it can get like that yes and and if a commander is not supposed to do it that way but obviously they can if they want and and if you can prove that they've done it that way you can kick people off but but that that's almost impossible to do it sounds to me so, just from the way you've described this and maybe you didn't intend to do this it sounds to me that if by the time this is over if the person is not guilty it really reflects badly on the commander um generally yes i mean i mean but but you have to remember i i I had a number of cases where we thought our chances of conviction were were not great but the commander said i've got to send a message to the rest of the troops that this kind of conduct is going to draw this kind of process and this kind of a response so i want you to take the case to trial and see what happens um unlike one of the things I'm going to rant about at some point, who knows, maybe not today. Uh, who pays for the defendant's defense? Does he have to spend every dime and go into debt to do this, or is no? The- and that's the that's the other that's the other difference. The you you obviously you can hire a civilian defense counsel if you want, but every every um, case is defended by either a local attorney who is a local military attorney who is, is designated as a defense counsel uh, or a selected defense counsel from from a, the Air Force from a trial team that that is specializing in defending these kinds of cases and you know military defense counsel can range from just like in the private or civilian sector can range from really good really bad depending on who's assigned at the base so the long ago and tv show is at least accurate in that part where you could either use the person that was assigned for your defense or you could go outside and get somebody else right yeah and and again your assigned counsel typically the way these things work is that at a base level you're assigned you would you would get the base they're called area defense counsel but you would get the base defense counsel whoever that attorney was that was assigned to the base for you know kind of low level to to intermediate kinds of offenses but if things got serious if it was a rape or a murder or whatever 
they would bring in the the defense team would bring in an attorney from outside the base who was part of a specialized group that defended you know defended high value cases um, and occasionally you would the government would do the same thing they would you, I, you know there I tried cases with with people who were trial specialists and who were assigned as trial specialists for uh, for the purpose of that of that case so the there were a couple of things that that had been happening and and, and you know in our system of justice and the overall american system of justice we sort of skew toward the, the defendants you know rights and protecting the defendants rights because the the assets that that the government has are unlimited if the government elects to excuse me if the government elects to charge you and prosecute you it it just throws as many bodies at you as, as it wants or as it needs to while the defend you know the defendant typically is limited to this one attorney or or you know maybe two attorneys in a in a really serious case um and so we we've, we've always kind of skewed toward you know giving the defendant more rights in the face of of being yeah, but, prosecuted but, 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 the, but it's not the way it ends up working you're broke when um, you're done well, in the private sector, yeah, but in the in the, you know, in, in these military cases, okay, you can get you can get very high end high end counsel defending you. So, in the th- this process all started about about fifteen years ago, because there were several cases involving sexual assault, where women had alleged that certain things had happened to them. The court-martial convening authority had said, "Fine, we'll take it to trial," and people were either acquitted, or the sentences weren't coming down severely enough to the satisfaction of a couple of female Congress uh, members. Um, um, the one from New York, whose name I've just dumped, who's made this her particular crusade, a, a, cu- a couple of others, and so they began pushing. Uh, and making an issue that you know, hey, we're not getting enough convictions, and the convictions we're getting aren't having enough heavy enough. Sentences. We're not getting enough convictions, even though we don't even have a clue as to whether people are guilty or not. But there's just not enough we're, convictions. Well, we're, you know, we think they're guilty, and and so we want to we want to these people should have been convicted. There were there was one one particular case, and and this is another part of the military system where a commander had looked at a conviction that had been been uh, determined by a court-martial jury and you know said at that at that level hey I'm I don't I disagree with the verdict and I'm going to I'm going to either strike the verdict or strike the sentence and the commanders have the ability to do this too this is another another feature of the system again it, it it's designed to do to deal with discipline, and this this got a bunch of people upset because this guy had been convicted of, on uh, what I thought was pretty flimsy evidence, but but in any event, the jury the jury convicted him, and and the commander the commander reversed the conviction, that that created a bunch of a bunch of headaches. Anyway, the first move was to take the these sexual assault cases out of the commander's hands for purposes of charging. And, and for purposes of trying the cases. So so there was going to be this special, because, you know, we, we 
as with our as with our employment cases, a significant amount of employment law that that's developed since 1985 when we when we began reacting formally to the the presence of large numbers of women in, in the American workforce. Significant portion of our our legislation and a huge amount of our court cases have involved how we deal with women and and women's concerns in our in our workplaces things like this our whole our sexual harassment standards the family medical leave act um the americans with disabilities act a number of statutes have have developed around this around this issue and it's and it's a theme and and as we brought more women into the military these kinds of issues began to predominate as well anyway the system got adjusted because we weren't getting enough, ver- enough tough verdicts on these kinds of cases, and so those cases were pulled from the from the commander's purview. Um, that's now been extended to um, a, a more what I consider to be a more direct kind of of process, and, and direct influence kind of process. Because what's happening now is is we've now they're they're now changing all of this in terms of representation of the government to set up these high-end trial teams that will prosecute these cases that the prosecution will be again removed from the commander's discretion the cases will be prosecuted by specialized attorneys who will assess these cases and will be assigned to stay with these cases until they're finished this is a huge change and and I mean, in some respects, it will it will mean that um, you have more effective prosecutions. It, it, but it it's just an interesting, in my perspective, and from my view, a very troubling move because we weren't getting the right convictions. So what we're going to do is we're going to further skew this system to to try to get the desired result rather than. You know, rather than looking back and saying, "Okay," well, there's some we people feel that anybody who says there was a sexual harassment, the person doesn't even get a defense. Well, well, and that's, I mean, that's part of the Me Too thing. Yeah, you know, that was that whole Me Too movement, which of course cratered as soon, cratered as soon as they started charging Democrats. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same thing. You know? I, 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 I'm, I'm, I know that there were massive. I don't know. I, I didn't see it, fortunately, but the idea that, uh, I, I don't. I think Luda people are are, are generally uh, truthful. Well, I hope they I hope they are. But as soon as you put money involved, it's not truthful, in my opinion. If 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 I can say that I was sexually harassed by some priest in 1958 that's been dead for 40 years and get a check for it, there are people that are more likely to say that than if it was true. I think. I mean, uh, thing at Northwestern now is going out of control. And oh, by the way, the, the race card is flying up. Okay, I thought I was going. I wanted to talk to you about that. I so you've gotten my arcane thing out of the way, and I think that just caused the audience to sort of ask itself, why was that happening, and why did they feel it was necessary to to basically clamp the screws down on on defendants in these kinds of cases? And so I've got that out of the way now. This Northwestern thing is really getting interesting from my from my view. I would. You got a former. You got a former AG that's involved in this now. 
I would, uh, if, if it if it was me and it's Northwestern, you know, I've got nothing but I don't I can't win any argument on this one. If I start getting suit after suit from the volleyball team and the other teams, I'm going to say, as of now, everybody here on scholarship is gone. We may start over in a couple of years. We may not get the bleep out of here. I mean, I, I you know any kind of harassment. As you know, mean low for forever. I would never harass anybody. I, I never went to a fraternity. I never went to a sorority. I didn't want any well, part of that stuff. Well, on the air. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, <laughs> I, I harass people on the air to try and get them to think even more than <laughs> they normally do. That's, uh, that's part of our entertainment. It's part of our entertainment. But the, the idea that these people, I mean, somewhere along the line here, I think, you know, maybe some of this stuff was, was too much. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not big on any kind of harassment like that. I mean, everybody knows that. But the fact is, these people are, 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 are 20 years old or, 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 you know, whatever they are, 18. It, it's not like you're talking about kids in, in grammar school. I mean, if, if you show up at 8 o'clock for but your, for your paddling. Is, but it is. Okay, but if you show up at 8 o'clock at age 20 for your paddling because you want to be in some fraternity and don't want to be with the rest of the schmucks like me in the, in the, in the dorm, you know what? Go at it. I mean, I just, I mean, if you want to do that, go ahead. I mean, I, 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 as to why you do, I have no idea. But the idea of suing the school forty years later, I, I don't get. I just, I just don't. Unless there's money involved. Well, well so, so let let's just real fast review the bidding on on what's happened at Northwestern. So the football players come out and say there's some quasi sexual assault stuff going on. Some of that stuff was okay. kind of creepy, very creepy. Okay, okay, so that 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 pops. Then. What the baseball team surfaces, the volleyball yeah. team surfaces, um, the uh, has there been anybody other than baseball and volleyball? Oh, uh, cheerleaders! Oh, the cheerleaders! Yeah. Uh, so, you, okay. So, if you're Northwestern, and again, uh, I they, I'm sure they they're kind of throwing their hands up, going, "Look, we 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 investigated what we were supposed to investigate." If I was Northwestern. I would I would step into this and say you know what we're we're just going to suspend our athletic participation uh, for right now. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly sports. what I said. Yeah, in all sports, nobody nobody's doing nothing to nobody, with nobody. We'll forfeit the games, and and we're just gonna we're just gonna clean house in our our athletic department. Or or get rid of it. Well, because then we, we got a stadium start, involved. We got all kinds of stuff. Yeah, involved. yeah. We'd start. I'd start with suspending. The program, and and telling these athletes, um, sorry, your scholarships aren't going to be honored anymore. We're suspending the program. Uh, too too bad, you know. A few rotten apples spoil the barrel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And really, I, I I I don't know whether that would be enough to um, to correct the problem, but it would certainly send the right message. But of course. They're not going to do that, and and you know why, because if you're if you're trying to raise money for your endowment, and I don't know what Northwestern's endowment is, but if you're trying to raise money for your endowment, the 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 big ticket to do that is your athletic program. I'm going to say your football. I, I know I know you you sports dudes, and I hope I think I'm I'm one of those dudes. Always say that. I'm going to say Lou, that's not true, because the all the all the massive amounts of dough. It's been given to the hospitals and stuff has nothing to do with football, Northwestern. North, Northwestern um, Hospital is. You, you think anybody who gave billions of dollars at the Lurie Children's Center cares if they have a football team? I wouldn't. <coughs> Why uh, would you? You're you're coming at this as a football fan. 
I'm just telling you, no, New York, Chicago no, no, gets no. money. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually thinking more of basketball and what happened at Duke when I was there, and and the fact that the fact that the Ivy League programs push, you know, they of all places, and Northwestern is a is a quasi you know Ivy League school and everything but name. Um, I. I think the I think the athletics athletic program is a huge driver for donations and and you know people pumping money into the program. I I think it's probably the principal the principal push. I don't know about you know I don't the individual donors who come in and throw like you know twenty five thirty million bucks at a hospital or 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 whatever is a, is a different story for the average alumni. That sports or alumna or whatever it is, that sports program is is the principal driver for their for their donations. I think it's a, it's a principal driver for the athletic program donations. As to whether, um, you know, I, I don't. I mean, I know we're going to disagree on this. We're never going to. I think if I if I could get a full accounting, I would say that the sports department rises their cost to the level of what they get. So. If, if the Notre Dame group is going to get fifty million dollars in their in their football group, they're going to be paying this this coach five million, this coach four million, and they're going to be on private jets, and they're going to be sending private jets to recruit. They're going to eat up that dough. Well, at the end of the day, that money that money's going to go. <laughs> and yeah, there's no question that if I'm going to give money to the Alabama athletic department, I'm not going to do it if they don't have a football team, and I can't go to a game. Well, well, uh, let, let's let's again let let's let's put it in the right perspective. I, I I do believe that that the endowments to the school are driven, in large part, maybe not the majority, but in large part by the athletic. Okay, but the, the top number one, top twenty no, schools. I bet the top twenty endowment schools, maybe not the second tier, because you're going to Texas A&M and people like that. The top ten, probably seven of them don't even have a football team, or if they do, they're useless. Uh, Case Western. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm actually thinking Chicago? of Stanford. I'm thinking of Stanford and Berkeley and. Uh, a couple of other places, but but uh, my my point is also the other second aspect of this is is that irrespective of whether it's funding the entire endowment, those programs and and success of those programs support the rest of the athletic department. So um, football in somebody's mind, <clears throat> in somebody's mind, I, I, no, not in somebody's mind. I mean, I I could show you the numbers. Football football revenue. Drives and basketball revenue in the in the NC2A, at least in the Division One schools, drives everything for those athletic departments. I, I and I'm not going to disagree with that, but I'm saying the schools that don't have that still have those other sports. How do they do it? No, not to the same extent, but but they 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 get they get some some support, but they're not supported at the at the level and intensity with the others in any event yeah i mean North, it, it, northwestern nor, if northwestern blows up its athletic its athletic program it, they're not going to do it because it's a huge revenue driver in my opinion for the school well the, the big 10 network and all those kinds of things but i get it it gets back to the same they're they're running a quasi professional sports thing in addition to a school and if, no, it, no argument and, yeah but i mean you know, you know. It, it, I mean, I, I'm I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with your earlier point. You follow the money. Well, yeah, I mean, I just, it, I just if 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 you and I ran a school, and somebody said, if we all of a sudden own the the campus bars, look how much money they make. Well, then all of a sudden the next school's got to say, 
but we own the bars. We got to go buy buy the bars too because look, we have to compete. And somebody says, let's have a bunch of hookers in the bar. Now, at some point, where do you go with this? <laughs> I mean, where where does this get to be education? Oh well, I, I think I think I think the hooker part would definitely be part of the education. Oh, without a doubt, slightly <laughs> slightly different kind of education than maybe people how anticipated, about, but it's definitely part of the education. How about if we go to a, a short break? If you don't, SP Futures down ten, SP Futures down fifty six. On that note, yeah, yeah, and that, <laughs> we'll be right back. Stocks and jacks. Wealthy, do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freak's Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Andrew on the board real quick. Uh, traffic weather sports here after a SP futures down 11, NASDAQ futures down 58, Dow futures down 58. So we're down. We tried to be up last night a little bit, but that, that didn't work. Uh, we had a big uh, turnaround with the uh, market yesterday. We'll just give you yesterday's stuff right now. Uh, Dow was down 348, S&P down 63, NASDAQ down 310. This is after a downgrade of the U.S. government from AAA to AA plus from Fitch, who did this... 10, 15 years ago, and we're, we're ostracized forever because they did it, even though uh, the DAX down 120.7%, FTSE down 48.6%, CAC around down 49.7%. So uh, Bank of England uh, higher accelerates rates by 25 basis points, so Europe, Europe is down, but not all that much. Asia, Nikkei down 5, 4 days, 2 days in a row now for these guys, down pretty heavy. It's 1.7%. Hang Seng down 96.49%, uh, is well under 20,000 now, 19,420. Mainland China is actually up, up 18 points, 0.56. Uh, bonds, uh, 4.14, so way above 4%. 
market has not been happy the last couple times it's gone over four percent and it's doesn't look happy today the blend up one basis points 2.52 japan up 2.65 maybe on our way to one percent that'd be something oil down four cents under 80 bucks now 79.45 the brent down 10 cents 83.10 natural gas up three cents 251 our down four cents, two seventy-two. Our rent's down like a dime the last couple of days. Gold, which got hammered, is now uh, is down is down in nineteen seventy-one. It was over two thousand, only down three seventy days. Three-week low, however. Silver down nineteen cents, twenty-three sixty-seven. Almost reaching maybe a buy spot. Uh, it stays in the range. That's a big if. Copper unchanged. We've got crypto down forty-seven bucks, twenty-nine thousand one one zero. And we have the, uh, the U.S. dollar uh, pretty much unchanged against the euro. And a little bit stronger against the pound. The pound's down to 126. It's the lowest it's been in a while. Andrew, what do you got for us? Traffic weather sports. All right. It is uh, 643 here in Chicago. Uh, starting off with some sports. Yesterday, the White Sox lost to the Rangers 11-1. to uh, But the Cubs won over the Reds 16-6. to And the Diamondbacks lost as well to the Giants 4-2. to over, uh, or sorry, here in Chicago, we are currently at 71 degrees. We got sunny skies. We're gonna have a high of 88 today. It looks like we're gonna have pretty clear skies throughout the day. Over in Phoenix, they are currently at 91 degrees. We're gonna have a high of 108. That's gonna hit around 5 p.m. Looks like they will also have clear skies throughout the day. Now, finally, for some Chicago traffic. It uh, looks like nearly all the major inbound expressways are experiencing some delays. Uh, this time, a little bit more on the, looks like the um, Eisenhower. And that's from about uh, 25th Avenue, uh, looks like, to Independence Boulevard. Uh, and also on the outbound as well, there's some delays in the outbound Eisenhower. None on the other major expressways. So that's all I got. Thankfully, no major accidents to report. Back to you, Chief. Um, well, we've got uh, all kinds of stuff happening here. We've got the, uh, just in terms of uh, the legal system, I don't want to, you know, we'll probably know more about it next week and see what happens. We can talk more about the Trump stuff and we'll have more time. But let, let, me, let me just give you very quickly a, uh, a, 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 a two-minute assessment of that, of that latest indictment. Okay. Reading that thing, the, the first thing that jumped out at me was we are, th- this thing goes way, way past what I consider to be any kind of firewall to protect First Amendment activities. So, so well, if, if what, what in do fact, mean, what do you mean by that? Well, so, so for example, you have the right to petition your government for redress. Okay. A, a lot of what's in that in that thing sweeps very broadly with respect to the president and his people planning to challenge the election, and 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 literally petitioning Congress. Remember, he's not charged with insurrection. All, all the, the stuff that happened inside the Capitol, that none of that has anything to do with what's in this indictment. They want you to think it does, but it doesn't. It instead focuses on things that I always thought were, were protected by, by the First Amendment. You know, free speech, saying things. You know, you, you're, entitled, you're entitled to be wrong. You're entitled to believe crazy stuff. You're entitled to say it. Um, that's um, all changing, Will. You know that. Pardon me. That's all changing. You're not supposed to say something that the, whoever the days are disagree with. Well, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> just I'm just saying this this indictment captures a whole bunch of activity that I thought was protected. 
attorney-client privilege. You know, the, the, the fact that you're allowed to... Is it now a conspiracy, an illegal criminal conspiracy, to sit down with your lawyers and talk about how you're going to do certain things? Well, that, the, uh, <clears throat> what did Mike Pence say I, this morning? That the uh, he sat down with three crackpot lawyers to tell them what he wanted to hear. Well, uh, and that and that may be correct, but you know what? That's all supposed to be protected. The attorney-client privilege is a is a key element of our of our legal system, um, and 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 they are running. These guys are running Russia. Every, every time you, every time you, uh, I don't know whether we're hundred years from now we're going to condemn the man to the fifth ring of hell, I'm talking about Trump, or we're going to somehow thank him for unearthing all these problems. Or exposing, exposing all this craziness. Yeah, I, I don't know which I, it's going to be. I think, well, I, and, and, and so I, as I was reading it, I was thinking that there's, you know, a lot of this stuff is, is protected, or should be. Well, but and, he's, and more importantly, if you, if you take this, these criminal counts an activity that they believe are criminal, and you you step it away from Donald Trump, you say to yourself, "Well, wait a minute." Well, that's a problem. I can yeah. apply this. I can apply this to Stacey Abrams, with, without a doubt. Denying the election results in Georgia for for you know almost ten years, I can I can do this for Hillary Clinton. I can do this for for any number of Democratic that's, politicians that's who were challenging the elections in two thousand and two thousand and four. That's exactly my theme, and I don't know how. I don't know how this is all going to end up. I mean, we're when you talk about attorney-client privilege, I mean, I happen to agree with that. I don't know if it extends to having my my attorney pay off my gambling debts and that having to be a privilege. I mean, I mean, Trump takes everything to the to the absolute end to where maybe I, you know, I, right? I agree. Well, he he's the, this the legal sufficiency of these charges are are in no way comparable, at least in my opinion, in no way comparable to the document charges down at Mar-a-Lago, okay? Right. That, I don't think that should be criminal, again, because I think it's selective prosecution. Well, I think it's, and, oh, it's also, like, but, when you when you talk about if, God, if I was those, over... Those charges, but, those but if you charges and I were, if you and I were, are much so, more solid I know, and but, grounded in law than what this but, is. But take, take the real simple stuff. I mean, I try and be as simple as possible as these. When I say simple... I've had people on the show. You, we've never really talked about it all that much, but uh, I have with Mike Murphy and I have with uh, Wayne Manson, who was in the NSA, talk about levels of ta- of secret documents. And you know, and I, I don't. I mean, I don't know what they found on them. It sounded to me like stumped, you know, a bunch of crap that, that Trump didn't, wouldn't, wouldn't have had. And he spoke. But the point is. If I'm writing this article, or if I'm a real newspaper, of course there aren't anymore because nobody wants to buy them, but if I'm a real newspaper, I think somewhere, I mean, maybe U.S. News and World would have done it 50 years ago, somewhere in my 12-page article I'm going to say, here's the, here's the levels of classified documents. And this one is, you know, the NSA's menu for lunch, and here's one that if it ever got out, you know, the, the Russians would have a, the high end of the, you know, the spectrum. Maybe there's five levels, maybe six. You probably know there. Maybe there's ten. I don't know. But I think somewhere somebody should say Trump is accused of having X amount of level eight, X amount of level two, because Mike but, Murphy was on but, and said, if it's really secret, you got to bring it back. People will be looking for it. So so let me, let me come out and say, first of all, the charges under the law that was used at Mar-a-Lago, and I actually said this when we talked about it initially, 
do not have nothing to do with the classification of the documents. They have nothing to do with the classification. He is charged under a statute that was written before this whole classification system came into place, and it does not talk about classified, unclassified, various levels of classification. It talks about something called national defense information, which is an undefined term within that statute. And can in, and, and that's one of the reasons it's the Espionage Act, and that's one of the reasons why people say you don't charge people under this, because at a constitutional level, it, it can be challenged as being void for vagueness. And and that's what he's cha- he's charged under. Uh, but at least at least in that case, you have conduct where he no- he arguably says, "Hey, look at this classified look look at this national defense information I've got. It's really it's really important." And you know, I held on to it, and I you know, not only that, I was hiding it from him. Oh yeah. So well, okay, I mean, he's, okay. Yeah. all right, he's that, a sleazeball. We know that. A, that at least that at least has a colorable legal basis. Well, I also what's being alleged right here in this in this most recent indictment is as far as I can see probably 90%, 95% clearly first amendment protected activity that if you applied it across the board, we would have we would have you know leadership from both sides tossed in the slammer. Um I never I I I caught something caught wind yesterday. Uh, about this whole thing, and, it, and it's what I mentioned earlier about the uh, the JAG stuff, and, I, and it, it always it roasts me the wrong way. Two things have happened. One, I always been felt that, that Blago, much as I don't no longer like the guy uh, and what he did, um, the idea that they basically broke the guy in the first trial, and then he had to use like a public defender in a second trial against God knows who he was up against. I I think that is so un-American. And how he, you know, they exposed the juror and then picked another juror pool from this town. I agree. I think. Well, whatever. I think. I think it's disgusting. And I, and I'll take, a, take another. Take another example. And 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 I hope. I hope this case ultimately gets gets reversed. But I doubt if it will be. The Derek Chauvin trial in Minneapolis, where where they had marched those jurors through that gauntlet of of demonstrators every morning yeah where where the government had i think four or five uh, primo civil attorneys who just joined the government the government team to prosecute this guy against against basically one defense counsel yeah well i mean did you did you uh listen to the show or watching the cnbc yesterday the interviewer the guy just wrote a book about uh the uh, michael milken conviction yeah, and how the guy said he was guilty of insider trading, he was guilty of of finding another way to finance stuff that Morgan Stanley, Solomon, and Goldman Sachs didn't like. But but here's here's my thing with the Trump stuff. I, is again, everyone knows that. I don't know. I, I feel like I want to move to Mars if the guy's ever president again. But uh, nobody should be in a position where you're forty million dollars down on a case before it even starts. I don't care who you are, even him. You, and I, I've been involved as an expert witness. I mean, I, I'm nowhere near as mom the wall like you are. But I've been an expert witness. I've been involved in a, involved. I've been in like softball teams and things like that. Have been in court. Some of the craziest stuff you ever see in Cook County. I've never once seen what I consider to be the right outcome. Every virtually every of the arbitration system, it's become the biggest uh, extortion system on earth. Where a couple of, of firms 
just lob stuff at people and a, and a bigger firm say how much does it cost to to defend this and they and they go a hundred thousand the guy will settle for 90 Pam it's, it's been nothing other than the entire system that I see is absolutely broken for for, for every man and any any firm who actually tries to to go after something I mean, it's I don't I don't think you can defend yourself I, I think it's extortion and I think it, it, it and the on, the on the level of uh, who they decide to charge and that I, I think it's totally out of control it's totally out of control we, al- we almost I, I know this wouldn't be the, if this was Rome and it was 3000 BC or whatever whenever they had the I'd, I'd get the dictator out of the farm for two years to straighten it out and send him back to the farm. We almost need that. This is this is unconscionable. What's happening to people here? Even, even in, in the fact it, that it's Trump, the fact that it's a man I detest, it, can't, it shouldn't happen to him either. But it, but it's very much. I mean, I mean, it, it's very much because it is Trump. I mean, oh, he's I know, become I know. he's become the white whale. Well, I don't. But of, I want. Of, but I don't of want democratic politics. Poli- if we're not going to, if we're and, not going to, and they'll do anything. But here's, this is, here's the, what, this is what the, your point. They'll do anything. Uh, here's the deal. Here's the, the deal I'll make. Don't prosecute Hillary for all for the the foundation overseas, which is nothing more than a way to get foreign money into her, into her campaign, which by the way is against the law, from what I understand. Now, here, meet me halfway. Strike the law. Get rid of the law because you've you've had the biggest example ever, and maybe there's other people who've taken money from this. The Saudis have influenced every damn election since we've had we've had here. Right, and yet they're bunch. Chief, you know, we have we have un we have uncontrovertible, at least as far as I can tell, uncontrovertible evidence that the current sitting president was bribed when he was the vice well, president. I, I'm going to say that that Bush, because he was so tight with the Saudis, I'm going to say lob this one out of the air that both Bush's campaigns got some money from Saudi. So it's, it goes uh, back. I, I don't. I don't know. Well, I mean, they were so tight with the guys. Well, George Bush was sitting on the same same sofa and won some film with with the guy. Who was the guy from? Uh, was it Noriega? They, they, they were all. If you're in the oil business, you're in tight with all these. Anyway, I, I can't prove it. what I'm saying is, get rid of the law because I don't want you or Carl or somebody running for president as a third party someday, and some blue haired lady who listens to the show in, in, in Britain lobbing you a hundred dollar check, and all of a sudden you guys go to jail for it when everybody else has done it for forty years and it's been okay. I, mean, I, I don't I, want laws I, hanging around like that. I I get it, and I I understand that. My my point, and, and and the the concern that I'm that I'm raising with with these these indictments, is that this is the classic example of that great uh, line in a, a Man for All Seasons, where where one of the characters is talking to I believe it's Sir Thomas More, and says, you know. I would uh, the law, the law, the law is protecting the devil in this case. I would cut down uh, every law in in England to uh, you know to get to get to the devil. And Thomas More turns at him and says, "And when the laws were down, and and the devil turned on you, where would you go for protection?" And and that's that's the direction we're going to be headed. I mean, I mean, other than the ballot fixing, which maybe is designed, maybe maybe the Democrats don't have to worry about about losing power anytime soon, but but to lay a foundation like this, a legal foundation where you are charging, you know, people for what was, you know, two years ago, political activity that would have been protected clearly under the First Amendment, and you have the you have the federal government coming in, orchestrating the charges, orchestrating the venue. So that that the defendant is not going to get a fair hearing. If you if you think 
if you think Donald Trump's going to get a going to get a hung jury or an acquittal jury in Washington D.C., you're you're sadly mistaken. In front of a judge who I have practiced in front of, that that is has been proven to be fairly partisan on this whole January 6th issue. Um, I, you know, I I think I think this sets a terrible example. And and again, you know, maybe the Republican Party gets organized, maybe it doesn't. But but you know, you're now you've now opened the door to political prosecutions. Something we were very careful to avoid in this country. Well, and, the, and, and, the, and and it's all it's all back in play now. But it's also pretty. In my, we got to dash here a little bit. All, in my mind, is my South Side roots tell me Trump only has one thing going for him, and only and only ever has. He's a bombastic blowhard that has gotten a lot of free publicity through TV shows and everything else. If the Democrats want to beat the guy, they should just let him go away. This is just even more free publicity. I think this helps the guy win. To be honest with you, don't they know well, that? And, they, and they're and listen, they're they're not. There's a there's a definite calculation in in Democratic operative headquarters that says let's get him the publicity so he gets the nomination because we can beat him. We can beat. Boy, him. I hope they're not that. If crazy. we end up with Ron DeSantis on the other side, somebody who's actually effective, we we have to be really careful. But they think they can beat Trump. They think Trump, and, and you know, I, I'm going to say this. I, I think if Trump had a lick of sense, this would this would never have gotten this far. But this is all about him. Oh, without a doubt. For him. Without a doubt. It's, all, it's always been about him. It's why I just, the whole thing, I can't, it's almost like I feel like I'm going to wake up from a dream and none of this will, is, will have happened. It's just like, this is so bizarre. Well, uh, what if you wrote I a mean, book about sure, this? What you, if you wrote, Yeah, if, that's right. You, you, and I, you and I are looking around going, how did we end up with these two morons? Yeah. As our as our potential political candidates, how did that happen? But in regards to the law thing, and this, I don't let you go for this. Whenever you see somebody like Blago, what, again, I don't don't like the man. He had no business being governor, or or Trump, no business being president. Whenever you see somebody mistreated by the law, or somebody with an arbitration where they grind enough money out of the place that the guy's firm goes under, even though he was right. Whenever you see that, instead of saying. Instead of the psychological part, that could never happen to me. You have to say to yourself, it could happen to me. It could easily happen to me or somebody I care yes. about. And it, that, that's the part. I mean, you sit there and say, all right, I can't stand the man. Okay, but wow, $40 million in, in, in legal fees before the guy even goes to court? They can do that to somebody? I mean, it, that could be you. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't get it. I mean, uh, I just, it could be you. Right? Yes, it could be. Very easily. All right. On, that, on a happy note, Lou, take care of yourself. Uh, MSP Futures down 12, NASDAQ Futures down 70. Be right back, Mr. Dan Janitas. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. 
That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices, along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Hello, well, North Bay Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 12. Nasdaq Futures down 72. Do we have Mr. Dan, Mr. Professor Dan? Yes. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm hanging in. I was just ranting with Lou about legal stuff, so I'm ranting away here. Just, I don't know if it's doing any good, but I'm just ranting away, you know, kind of thing. Somebody has to do it, I guess. Somebody has to do it, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what got me uh, fired up so much and uh, was yesterday, I mean, as I, I keep looking at all what's going on in, in the legal world and what isn't in this prosecutorial uh, uh, what do they call it prosecutorial uh, we get to, to pick whoever you decide you want to charge and which laws you want to enforce and prosecutorial discretion it's to me it's it's reaching the point of a pandemic in this country but I was listening to the guy did you hear the, the dude yesterday and uh, I got I, I don't know I saved the guy's name Sandler I think it is just wrote a book about uh, uh, Michael Milken when he went to jail. Oh, I did, and I want to read that book yeah. because I I was there. I mean, I was a high yield manager, and I was at Milken's uh, conferences. They call the Predator Balls, and um, actually recently read Predator Ball, which is which was all about that time. But um, yeah, that controversy is very interesting because there's sort of two sides of it, right? I mean, he did absolutely, you know, help the economy, you know, um, add a lot of jobs. A lot of people wouldn't have been working, and yeah, at the same time that there were definitely some scandals that that he was involved in and went a little too far and you know a little you know a little bit too much excess but i will i do give him credit for turning things around opening the foundation um you know he did add jobs and he actually is is a like 
probably the guru in the high yield market that really expanded it and it's still around today it's still as strong as ever so he deserves credit for that but he, he created the, the moral sin was is is in going against morgan solomon and goldman sachs oh, and the big absolutely bank. yeah in a minute you do that uh you have to keep your nose pretty clean and you know yeah. i but i mean those guys convicting somebody else for insider trading is like oops <laughs> it's like it's yeah. like the snake convicting a snake for being a snake or so i, I don't know what you even I, no 100 percent. i totally agree with you on that it's just it's really it's really ironic that you have people that are pointing the finger at others and and making um you know probably the ones who are heroes or kings of of, of uh whether it be insider trading or, or other um violations of our business you know that they've they've consistently been able to get away with probably because of their size but Another interesting trend that I've been um, aware of the last few weeks, we're going to start offering a service to our um, uh, clients who are currently working um, that have 401ks. So we'll now be able to manage their 401ks. Oh, good and for I you. have a lot of background. I have a lot of background in doing that because I chose um, the funds and did the research on the funds that were included in, uh, for example, the airline pilots' uh, retirement plans when they went from um, pension to DC. So we've done a lot of research. We continue to do research on funds as well. But the interesting thing about this group, Pontera, uh, they're a FinTech company that has started this platform that I just think is fantastic, that allows people like me, managers, to be able to help my um, clients who are, who are, you know, have 401k money so that they don't have to go in themselves and make the changes with you know, with their busy schedules, or frankly, with the lack of information on on what they have their, their investment options. So, but what I want to mention about Pontera and and why I think they have a lot of credibility. Okay, well, back up, that, back up here. Um, when you say you're going to do this, mo most for people who have a 401k. I don't know if you're going to say this. And by the way, I would, whatever you guys do, I would recommend you guys. I don't even know what it is, but uh, when people have a 401k, because we you know we put one together once for our firm. Uh, the the firm who puts together the 401k usually selects the mutual fund group in and selects the the uh, the choices that people can make correct and the, but then the choices are made individually once in a while the the firm would hire like a consultant to maybe go out and talk to people and say depending on your something something in life here's the guidelines here's what maybe you should do but other than that it's pretty much the people's call so are you going to be hired by say I had a, a million and a half 401k someplace. I would hire you individually and say, okay, Dan, here are my 10 choices at this place. Where should I be? Is that what you, or are you working yeah, for yes, the, okay. yeah. And, and what I did, Tom, in the past, you know, for the, for airline pilots, for example, I, I actually was the person that created the funds. I okay. was the person who did the due diligence on them. So I was hired, not necessarily as an outsider, but, uh, but the, you know, as an investment director to be, to oversee, um, you know which funds we were going to include in their new uh, defined contribution or 401k plans. So then you so would like, go out. You would also go out like to a group of pilots and say, "Here are the ten that are select. Here's what they all do. No, oh, by the way, this is how you should. Depending on where you are, maybe this should yeah. be your sample stuff." Yeah. So so that would be part of of this as well. So what <clears throat> what I'd be able to do is follow on a daily basis. Uh, not only trends in the market as we discussed, but also you know the the particular fund choices they have, and and in general most of them have more than ten. You know, in some cases they have fifty or even a hundred. Used to be like so five. Them, yeah, it used to be like uh, three or five some places. I mean, it just yeah. it really depends. It really depends on the the organization. But 
But what happens is the, you know, maybe once a quarter they make changes in their asset allocation. And I've done this for friends in the past, you know, just as, you know, here's my 401k choices, Dan, you know, you know, can you make some changes? And that's all good and fine, except as you know, Tom, things change in the market. Oh yeah. So, right, so that recommendation and that allocation could be totally different a week from now if something has happened in the economy and the financial markets with one of those funds, for example, that fund manager left or they were bought out. So there's a lot of risks. You know, you're just doing a quarterly update or quarterly rebalancing, and you wanna, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, just sort of stick with the 60-40, but it doesn't, you know, you can make a lot more money. In fact, this organization has figured that you can make, you know, as much as 50% more um, if you have a professional manager looking at it daily. And that, for a lot of, especially younger people who are working, their 401k represents a large part of their liquid, or not liquid, but of their, oh, absolutely. Of their um, assets. So it's a really important, um, it's a really important uh, tool, I think, or management tool that, that uh, we have now that we can offer. Um, what I was mentioning though, that getting back to your point about this, uh, you know, about you know some of the larger firms being able to get away with a lot of stuff. Well, this firm, Pontera, that has started this platform in a prior life, and how they got started was fee transparency. So they they are the firm that's known, which is great. From my point of view, that gives them a lot of credibility because a lot of these same firms that you're mentioning and, and certainly uh, insurance companies that offer annuities will charge these huge fees that are hidden. And they're, and they're um, and it's happened to several of my clients where they think they're getting the, the you know, they're not paying any fee and you know you do a little homework and you realize wow five percent some, some of the stuff that i, I, I was, be in that business what well dan i don't expect you ever to talk out of school but you know i i hear rumors bits and pieces where i won't say firms but like merrill lynch you'll have they'll put somebody in like a a preferred that's a an ipo or something and they the, the fee they take is like 10 percent or something that's correct it's it, unbelievable it's something really i would crazy. never yeah, i would never even dream of i can't what part of me is jealous? The other part say I would never do that to anybody, but they of course not. They, they yeah. think they think it's cool. I mean, it's like, whatever. I mean, the thing, but the thing that bothers me is because I feel like I'm a defender of my clients, and when I see that they've been taking advantage like that, it's you know, it's um, well, there's time to make a change, right? Yep. You know, there's, there's time to make a change, which is the way I look at it. But it is, but you're right. It does go on out there. It tends to go on with larger organizations. They have every lawyer and everybody that's like zipped it up so that nobody can go back and say, "Oh yeah, you didn't, you didn't like um, provide this or disclose these fees to us initially." And and they have a way of doing it. So you know, and I I just don't want, especially I want the listeners to realize, you know, take a closer look, go back to those advisors that you have, and really find out what you're paying each year. How do you uh, when you do this? This is something we talk about every week with with clients. I mean, um, if somebody has a, a 401k and they've they've had a really good quarter in whatever high tech or something funds or because a lot of these like when, when that stuff for we were involved in this a long time ago uh yeah at that time you'd have like a s&p fund a money market fund like a bond yes. fund maybe you'd have like six of them but at most and uh but now like you say some of these places have 20 choices for god's sake how do you how do you when you say to somebody you had a really good quarter in the say the qqq fund we're going to pull money out of that one. Oh, wait a minute. That's that's my winner. What are you doing? I mean, you're still going to get some blowback when you do the right thing. I mean, I, or what I consider. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I mean, fortunately, I'm in a position where I have full discretion. 
on the accounts that I manage, but I would use the analogy that if you've had a stock or, or you've had a couple of investments that have worked out well and then you trim those positions or you lighten up, you know, or you get out of them altogether, you would say to your client, hey, this stuff is run, but we have an opportunity to get involved in this other fund that is underperformed that we really, you know, a value fund, for example, that we think has a lot of upside. And then, chief, that's exactly what's happening in the market right now. So we had this big run up in tech, right? Much bigger than what anybody anticipated. And now we're having this quote sector rotation into more value names. And in particular on the on the equity side, into names that will benefit from the infrastructure bill. For example, yesterday, in the last few days, you know, we, we've started seeing this um, sell-off. I mean, we had a, a major sell-off in, in tech. But in the midst of all of this, um, Terex, which is a company that we own, um, make they make the cranes. Their stock was up 4% when the NASDAQ was down almost 3 So th there were names. Um, the, com the company that we also have talked about that I like on the equity side is small. Well, not small. They're the largest uh, uh, HVAC, commercial HVAC company in the country. Um, and comfort Systems and their stock was up as well um, when the market was down. So this this recent um, you know rebalancing, stabilization, or sell-off, if you will, in, in the Nasdaq and the QQQ, as actually that money is transferred to some of the more um, you know basic material infrastructure names or names that will benefit. So Thursday, last week I was visiting with. Um, with Comfort Systems, they have a location in Tampa, and what they do predominantly is HVAC and electrical for you know the hospital there, Tampa General. And so the 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 guy that founded that that organization the, that was bought out by Comfort Systems gave me a really nice tour. We talked quite a bit. Um, did say that the important point is that they will greatly benefit from the infrastructure bill. It hasn't even started yet. So they're in a sector, um, their client base are, you know, they're are hospitals, schools, they're not gonna be as greatly impacted by say, office buildings. Um, they do hotels. They're, um, and they're doing again, the, the commercial, the mechanical work, um, the HVAC systems. And they have actually got a really good business model where they treat their tax, their employees very well they retain help and they're busy and they're also for example Tampa is booming right now it's, Dan, what's you know, the if you could estimate the time uh, one of our presidents and I'd say one of our spectacular presidents inks a bill like that when is what's the lead time between that and your guys at Comfort Systems getting a check for a air conditioner put in is it two years yeah or or from their clients getting the checks yeah so that ha it has been a pit right there has been a lapse so it's been about a year but they're starting to see money coming in um it's been maybe a year and a half actually they're starting to see money coming in and m more money is coming in and there's there's a despite you know what any slowdown in the economy, they have a book of business that's going to, you know, that they can look out and see, hey, we, this is going to be funded for years to come. So, so there is a lag time, um, but but that lag time is is over now. So, you know, on the horizon, we're seeing a lot of um, funding and spending coming up for, you know, for whether it be a you know a hospital or or a, you know any organization that's going to benefit from infrastructure growth. One other company that we had talked about quite a bit, and we might have been a little early, um, Aztec, 
they're the company that does you know the rock to roads they they do pavers um, they're very much an infrastructure company in fact that's all I do what's uh, what's, the sim- what's the symbol of these guys ASTE on Aztec but we've talked about this name for yep. over years yes. it, but but the, the point I'm making is that with this sort of sell-off in tech we are seeing a rotation into these more, um, I would call them infrastructure names, basic material names, manufacturing, <clears throat> because these guys also, like like the HVAC company, Comfort Systems, and like Terex, the crane company, they're seeing funding for, for the infrastructure bill <clears throat> that's coming to their client base, and so the activity is picked up, and, and they, they can look forward and see this steady flow of, um, the steady cash flow coming in the years to come. So Aztec, for example, the stock was up 3.3%. It's now in the 50s. It kind of got stuck in the low 40s. And now with this rotation out of tech, because tech is, a lot of people think it's overvalued, we're seeing opportunity in you know value names that have been traditionally basic materials manufacturing. Again, we do our homework. You get to find companies where you like management. You can't just blindly put money into a, into a um, you know, say a construction index, you really got to know the companies. One other thing that I want to point out that I'm sure you, 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 you've seen as well recently is this trend that's just happened in the last few weeks of concern at one point, and I, I honestly have had this concern over the past year, um, with the credit tightening. Well, interesting, Fitch downgrades, right? Downgrades uh, U.S. Treasuries, U.S. government debt, um, a little too late, as the rating agencies often are, but at the same time, the economic background backdrop is improving. And some of the companies, the one that I, the most obvious one that people will recognize, Carvana, that, that company was just on its way down. <clears throat> they got bailed out. They got taken out. And that stock price just went through the roof. What that does is that provides investors with a lot of confidence. Because that means that, just like some of the regional banks, they got bought out. <clears throat> so there's more confidence when the fact that we have a small number of companies heading in that direction, that they're being bought out, that they're being taken out, that they're being provided funding. So all of a sudden, that premium... Well, Carvana wasn't bought out. They were able to sell stock. Right, right but, they, but they were, that's what I'm saying. They were actually, they did receive funding at a time that, that we really didn't think that they were going to make it. So in, in, in back, if this had happened back in 08 or if it had happened back in the early 90s, there wouldn't have been people funding or putting money in or investing in a company like that. Because I, I, still don't, I still don't think they're going to make it, but that's just me. Well, I, I agree with you. I, I, that's not my thing, even though I did run a distressed hedge fund. I, I, they're, not a partic- they're not one of the companies I would invest in. But what the point I'm trying to make is sort of a bigger point that Investors have more confidence. So what's happened now is that in the high yield world, you know, the last several months, I've talked about how the bid offer spreads had widened. And that to me is an indication that we're gonna see continued slowdown in the market. Well, those spreads just in the last couple of weeks have started to tighten and, and they've tightened very narrowly. And what is interesting about that is the message that that says is that there's a sense of of, um, of a change of sentiment amongst a lot of investors in high yield, for example, that says, yeah, you know what? If Carvana 
can make it through and if, if you know some of these regional banks can make it through and some other companies that are on the verge of distress can get funded by a hedge fund or a private equity firm then maybe maybe they're okay investments so that trend has just been changing recently and it's something to pay attention to the the spread of a average high yield bond yield over an average treasury um, has tightened down to 375 you know not long ago that it was up close to 500 so there's more confidence in what i would refer to as the riskier assets you think it's confidence or is it just the market run up, market run up so much that there's People are looking for things to do with their money. You know, they, you know, it's, it, I think it's a combination of both. I think there's a lot of money out there still. And once you've already made 30, 40, 50, 70% in the tech mains, okay, let's go somewhere else and see where there's, there's opportunity. Well, there's, there's and, massive, there's massive, massive wealth that was built. Yes. But I just, I, uh, I, boy, I, I, I wish I would have started in the, in the, in the, uh, business later, I think, Dan, but I still remember 1982 like it was yesterday. And I know I started in uh, maybe a year and a half before that, and the interest rates were like twelve, twelve and a half percent. And you know the, the CD rates, if you got them shorter term, were higher. And uh, it was just a, a really bad time for any kind of investment. I mean, the the market was so heavy. The Dow was eight something. I mean, it was just it was horrible. And I mean, me come, just coming into the business, I'm like, somehow, some way, these rates are going to have to come down because if they go up any higher. We're not we're not going to we're not going to be a business world. I mean, uh, nobody can pay twenty percent for a place, uh, and it just. But I was long, you know, in my little tiny account. I was long, a long time before that, and it was all of a sudden someday somebody recognized, and it was the guy's name Kaufman at Solomon Brothers or something. And even though he yes. had, even though he had mentioned it a few times before, never caught any wind. All of a sudden one day he puts a sale up and says these interest rates could go down. And I remember the day, like it was yesterday. I mean, all of a sudden the market rallied. Like thirty points, which was some massive move back then. When you're talking about an eight hundred, a nine hundred market, uh, Dow, and uh, and we were we were kind of off to. But someday somehow it just gets recognized. And now in the last several months, I mean, I was doing some. I shouldn't have done this on Friday. I was digging through some of these bigger firms, and one of the things I always always look at, I guess, is uh, I don't look at the PE ratios. I mean, you and I both are kind of down on those. If, if companies, you know, cut their costs or more, they invest more this year, P ratio, you know, it's it's indicative of something, but it's not. Uh, but one thing I always look at, Dan, in terms of stock prices, when it becomes crazy, I look at revenue per share, and where the and where the company is and what their growth rates are. And last week I started looking at Adobe, which to me was going up every friggin' day. They're up to fourteen times revenue, and I'm like, guys, I mean. In, in 2000, Cisco got to 10 or 11 before it crashed. A company that mature, you know, like those guys or like uh, NVIDIA, or they, they can't be. What Somebody was talking about on uh, Options Actions the other night. Uh, the guy, Dami, was talking about was either Snow or uh, one of those, or Spotify, one of the two. was like right. tw- it's like 20. I'm, I'm saying, I, I never give investment advice. Be careful when you start. If, if it's a P ratio of three hundred and it looks like they're gonna have a good next year, I don't care, Dan. It's fine with me. I don't. I mean, but when you start talking about how, how does Adobe triple their revenue, unless we like find people on Mars or someplace? I mean, no, the, I, I'm, the, in, I'm in total agreement on you. I mean, we we are not. Uh, you know, we are income focused. We are. Um, you know, we do buy um, small cap uh, companies as well, just because of my background and high yield is. You know, which tend to be a lot of small cap companies. 
But when it comes to, we're, but we are most importantly value managers. So we're looking for you know value at a good price. We're not we're not looking to invest in the momentum stocks. And, and you know talking about like uh, Nvidia for example, that you know that 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 you're playing momentum there. And, and what happens is it's the fear of missing out that's driving that stock price higher. So they get to a point. There's also something else intact that happens that I find really hard. First of all, I, you know, I'm an intelligent guy, but I really don't understand. If I don't understand a business, I won't invest in it. And secondly, I'm not necessarily wanting to invest for the future because a lot of things can happen in the meantime. So as much as I love the concept of AI, yeah, some too. of that is still down the road. And this, again, is just our style of management. You can find somebody who's really on top of this stuff. That would be a good balance to, to our strategy. But if you're somebody who's close to retirement, you want to be diversified, and if you do want to have a little bit of your own money in, in those kind of names, fine. But you're making a good point, which I think listeners really need to pay attention to. It's not just being involved in these businesses; it's buying them at the right price. Right. Well, you can't. But I, I'm gonna. I don't know that much about the chips and stuff. What I do, I learned from Carl. Let's let's say you. let's say Nvidia has a tremendous advantage in, in AI. He says it has to do because people think the graphics chips are going to be the things that go into for EI. And maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong, but say they are. Okay, well, if they are, if they're going to, if they're going to kick ass for the next decade and, and triple and quadruple their revenue, which they might, I got it, I'm going to tell you, Intel, ADM, Taiwan Semiconductor, they're not all coming with them. They're not, they're not all right. going to, you know. Exactly. Somebody's going to be a loser here. I mean, if you, that's I mean, that's if, where we do our homework because yeah. that's where we want to get to know management and, you know, spend a lot of time talking to CEOs and we want to be able to differentiate companies. One and one important thing right now is, is which companies are able to attract the best talent because there's still a, you know, a, a, you know it's a really tight job market, say, for engineers. So engineers are having to, I mean, companies that hire engineers are having to pay up, but who's getting the best talent? Well, generally those companies that are treating their employees well, companies that are viewed as having a lot of upside. Um, what I'm hearing with Tom, which is really interesting from a lot of the younger clients of mine that work for you know, some of the tech companies, the environment is changing. So there was a day where they had ping pong and kegs of beer on Fridays, which is great. You know, you wanna provide that to your to your, to your employees great all those benefits are going away they're not being treated the way they were initially it's a really interesting um phenomenon with um, a lot of these you know 30 something 40 somethings who are hard workers and are really talented that suddenly these people don't believe they have as much talent as they do because of the obsolescence of some of the technology that they've been involved in and i'm actually giving them some encouragement saying hey yeah. you guys are our future but these, you know, for example, some of these tech companies are not treating their employees well, not really providing right. that, you know. So that that is what's happening, and you do have to differentiate. All right, Dan, I'm going to give you uh, one minute. We have Fitch uh, downgrading the U.S. government. We have Jamie Dimon. What did they say in, in, a, in a Star Trek the, uh, about the Vulcans, the uh, intellectual inte intellect <laughs> intellectual puppets of the of the of the. Uh, yeah. I mean, so he he pipes up. Is there any way that Jamie Dimon, with all how he knows right up the ass of government, is there any way he could ever say that the Fed or somebody isn't doing something perfect? Well, he comes out and says Fitch is wrong. Janet Yellen comes out and says she can't believe they did that. And then Warren Buffett, who, who's benefited pretty well by government largesse, uh, says the same thing. 
How does somebody not look at the at the at the deficits growing the way they are and the interest rates going up and not see a problem? I think I think the problem because I've been a bond manager my whole career and I can say the problem with rating agencies is they come out too late. So our job is really to make that evaluation, you know, when it happened when things are happening. So prior to the debt selling talks, which everyone's forgotten about, yes, there was some concern. There, yes, there is a very um, there has been a very rapid um, increase in our our, our our government deficit. But this rating would have been more appropriate to have come out a few months ago. And why? Why? I mean, why, I don't know why. You, I don't know why you say that when it, when every single month it's going up. I mean, at some point it's continuing. Yeah. It's continuing to go up. But I think a lot of it is the timing in yes. terms of you're 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 talking about the response from from some of the um, from the Jamie Diamonds and the well, I, I mean, and, when timing, and yes, Ellen doesn't count to me, but but Jamie Diamond does. So when he's making comments as are as are others that you know this isn't an appropriate thing to do in our, in our growing economy, they're not saying that with a lot of understanding of what's happened you know in recent history. And I do, but I also do think that Fitch was late. I think had they come out with this rating earlier when that was the topic of discussion well, prior to the debt ceiling yeah, negotiations, you, I mean, it, it would have made more sense. But you, but you're those guys are criticizing for doing it at all, and you're criticizing for being late. <laughs> It's kind of two different criticisms. Yeah, it, no, it's two different. It's yeah. two different. It's two different situations. But but I don't I don't as much agree with with them saying that they don't deserve it, um, that our economy is doing better because you're right because the deficit is increasing. But the reason about the timing that's important, and every bond manager will tell you this, that by the time the rating agencies make that change, you know the company's rated AAA, and then but yet they're trading like they should be a single B. Yeah. Well, by the time the rating agencies made that, you've already lost your money. Well, I, I agree that that part I agree, but but I don't see I I, I don't I don't, I I think you could make a well you and I probably could make a claim we got a dash here but could make a claim that if you take the wash of money piece out of here and and deflate what they've done with the currency, you could make a statement that on a on a, on a real level, this economy for f- five years has been has been crap. I mean, I mean, if you if you even take last year the two point four percent increase of uh, of uh, the GDP, if you put any kind of a four and a half percent inflation on there, which is light, you're negative and have been negative for a long time. And 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 I think the difference is that that you make the point to your point. I think the difference is that people are looking at the stock market as an indication right. of the economy and not looking at things like the deficit. And I'm absolutely on your side, being concerned about the. The, the deficit and, and like you're right it hasn't gone away just because of the debt ceiling talks um, so yes those are important things to pay attention to and they could be they could creep up on us you know in that within the next year that little band, band-aid that was put on the uh, the debt ceiling um, is going to come off at some point well one one percent interest rate going up is 300 billion dollars to these guys per year yes. in interest and they're still going up yeah they're still going up all right but take care of yourself again two weeks you'll be here right Three weeks from today, the 24th. All right. Oh, you are three weeks. I've got it. I've got it penciled it, down. Look forward to it. Have, yes. Have a good one. SP Futures down 18. NASDAQ Futures down 103. Be right back. Mr. John Flanagan. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading 
trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities. They play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. Andrew on the board. A lot of ranting this morning here. Mr. Flanagan will stop all that. He's very cool and calm. SP Futures down 15, NASDAQ Futures down 78. Uh, whack, whack again after yesterday. We. Looked like we were trying to rally last night, but that didn't last very long. Dow futures down 90 over in Europe. Let's see if these guys have slid it a little more because they were down earlier, but not, but not horrible. Uh, uh, they are lower as Bank of England rates uh, rate hikes hiked by 25 basis points. Uh, so the DAX down 148. That's a full 1%. Puts you down 65.9%. Kick around down 56.8%. So down, but not not horrible, horrible. We're in Asia, Nikkei down 548, 1.7%. That's two days in a row for them. Hang Seng down 96, not much, 0.5%, 19,420. Shanghai actually up 18.6%. So they're the only ones that are that are up at all. Yesterday is a review. Dow down 348, S&P down 63. It's a big move for the S&P, 1.4%. Nasdaq down 310, it's 2.2. That's another big move. Bonds, this is kind of the culprit. Up seven basis points, 4.15. These guys make it to 5%. I think you can you, you can kiss this rally goodbye, but hopefully we don't do that. Uh, Bund down two, up two basis points, 2.53. Japan up two basis points, 0.65. UK up two basis points, 4.42. Those are the guys that uh, 
So they're like the highest over in Europe, um, as you probably could guess. Uh, oil, up six six cents, seventy nine fifty five. It was already it was like eighty one, eighty two. That's a few days ago, but not anymore. Brent up one cent, eighty three twenty one. Natural gas up two cents, two fifty. Arbob down four cents, two seventy three. So Arbob's down nineteen cents in the last three days. Uh, that's kind of a lot. Gold down nine forty, nineteen sixty five. Uh, Three-week low on gold after a big run up to over 2,000. It's come right back down. Silver down 34 cents, 23.52. It's getting to the lower end of the range. Eh, not sure. I want to buy some here, but it's getting tempting. Uh, copper down a penny, uh, 3.83. Uh, we've got crypto. Bitcoin down 85 bucks, 29,071. And the U.S. dollar unchanged against the euro. Uh, it's actually up almost 0.4% against the British pound because those are the guys that raise the interest rates. Uh, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? All right, it is 7.38 here in Chicago. Uh, starting off with some sports. Let's see, the White Sox lost to the Rangers yesterday 11-1, to while the Cubs won over the Reds, ending their game 16-6. to And the Diamondbacks lost to the Giants 4-2. to for some Chicago weather, we are currently at 74 degrees. We got sunny skies, and that looks like it's going to last mostly throughout the day. We got 80, a high of 88 degrees, and that's going to hit around 5 p.m. Over in Phoenix, they're at 91 degrees, clear skies. They're going to have a high of 108, and that's going to hit around 5 p.m. as well. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, looks like mostly the same as our first hour, at least when it comes to uh, major accidents or delays. Just a little bit heavier in the red. If you're coming in on the Stevenson, expect pretty heavy delays, especially on Harlem Avenue uh, and Austin Boulevard. Uh, looking very in the red over there. Um, and if you're on the outbound, look out on the Eisenhower, especially the uh, Kennedy as well, as both of them are looking pretty jammed up. But other than that, nothing really out of the usual. So that's all I got. Do Thanks. we have Mr. Flanagan? You do, Tom. Good morning. Uh, you got? Can you send me a pill? I'm ranting and raving all morning here. I need a pill. Yeah, I think. cool, cool and calm for me, Tom. Really. Well, I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm the one who needs the pill. I can't, I won't say that oh. by the end of the half hour, you won't need one as well. I'm just saying. <laughs> what do we need? Can we do the, maybe the gummies, you know? Um, yeah. I'll, I'll try anything at my age. Huh? Yeah. Speak, uh, speaking of which, there I was uh, last night. I left uh, work right after the close. I don't usually. And I saw a whole bunch of people that I think were homeless. Uh, but they were all like couples in their... 20s and 30s this is expanding to a point where uh we can we can talk all day long about how there's really good jobs available for everybody but they're not finding everybody i mean uh these people look like they're all in pretty good shape they're, they're i mean they're, they're, they look like like we did going to a concert when we were in college for god's sake i hope that maybe they're here for Lollapalooza. they sure look like they're homeless but i mean it's it, it's this is spreading all over the place john what's going on I think, you know, even by calling it a homeless problem, Tom, I think we're being steered to mischaracterize what's really happening. I think it's an explosion of drug abuse and, and tolerance of it that looks like homelessness, but it's, it's you know, hand in glove with a kind of lifestyle that has made, you know, income erratic. It's, it, you know, you're, you're, you can't hold a job. You don't want to hold a job. You're ch checked out. You know a lot of the time and the street is the best place for you it, it, so I, I think it's not just people who you know you know have direct deposit to their bank accounts and they prefer to spend their money elsewhere and take handouts from no I, I don't think that's what's at work here I think it's it's a, a clinical problem 
that has got a nice cover for it that makes people feel like if we, if we treat the homeless part of it, we fix the problem. And of course, we're just enabling it. I mean, the idea that Brandon Johnson now wants to triple the Chicago transaction tax for real estate transfers above a billion dollars to you know, apply it to the homeless problem is just shadow boxing. It's not going to do anything. He's, a, he's another, another leader that I'm trying to give uh, a chance to but he's losing me so fast. The 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 mob action the other night. You can't call it mob action, whatever it was. What, what do you what do you call it? When you define it well, as something else, what are you defining it as? On the good side, you know, the police made forty arrests, which is a start. It's more they've done in any other of these incidents. But um, we got we got we got a, some, somehow some way, and I'm going to say, I don't know how to do it with kid gloves. Somehow, some way, when a car pulls up and a guy pulls out and robs and shoots the mailman, somebody needs to say, "Out of the car, hands up!" And if the if they don't do it immediately, a machine gun's got to open up on that car. I hope it never happens. You ha- you have to make it so costly for people to get in their car at night with a gun and run around and try and do some mayhem that they don't do it. I mean, the, the people are in in their own mind; they're somewhat rational. If if they think there's a chance they might get arrested or shot, of a real chance, they probably won't do it. I would think there's. I I got to give them some rationality. The idea that there's no chance of anybody now in my neighborhood, forty thirty third ward, just Lincoln Park. What's his name? Timmy something something, just came out and says hey, we need more police people here. I mean, we've had how many armed robberies and stuff in the last in a couple of shootings in the last three weeks? I mean, what's going on? I mean, it, it's all over. I mean, it, you can't you can't ever solve a problem unless you admit you have a problem. And I, I, as you say, people can can read these signals and they understand that the reason that you know there aren't as many visible police you know on beats on the northwest side where I live is because these cops are all in targeted areas where the need seems to be greater, and yet it isn't like. An increase of, of cop presence in some of these neighborhoods has caused a downturn in crime. Well, in the last so, five years, Jan, you, you, you don't drive around as much as I do. Unfortunately, I drive around a lot. In the last five years, with the incredible increase of shootings on expressways, I'd say the amount of police on expressways, is, I never see anybody. There's nobody. No. So there, there hasn't been any kind of response to that. Yet all of a sudden, oh, no. when, when, there's a, when there's a shooting... There'll be 15 squads there running around picking up, uh, you know. What, what do we do with all the, the the shells? Is there a big vat of them somewhere? We melt them down and sell them, or what do we do with them? I don't know, but you know, you'll, the average crime scene now is nothing for there to be 30 or 40 <laughs> shells lying around. Well, so, and, and, and how, I, many, I, how many cops are over there afterwards? Where, where were they when it was happening? I don't see anybody. I mean, I, I drive home every night, and, uh, you know, you can't go on the expressway because it's, you know, it's, it's totally backed up. And I, and I see people blowing through stop signs, I see people blowing through red lights, I see all kinds of crazy stuff. I haven't seen a guy pull over in three years, five years, ever. In the morning, it's, it's total chaos. There's never anybody there. Everybody blows through every stop sign, every red light. It, 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 there isn't a soul. And everybody will tell you how hard everybody's working. Where are they? Well, I agree completely that until there's a show of force greater than the force of <laughs> You know the criminal enterprises that are that are getting the upper hand. There's no way to deter this by police action. If, if police can't deal with it or won't deal with it, then you just have more of it. It's, it's just it's you know it's market driven now. Well, yeah, but, but you know the, the thing of it is is I don't know what I know. One of the ladies used to be on the show until she had a baby. 
uh, Steph, Stephanie Koenig, she's a terrific guest. Maybe she'll come back one of these days. Um, she lives on a spot over, I'm going to say it's on uh, Larrabee. Uh, it's a nice two or three block area of these, I don't know, wherever they are, townhomes or something, something. And um, I haven't been in the place once, so I, don't, I couldn't tell you what it was, Jen. But there, it's somewhat of a gated community, and they have their own private security guard. And a guy all night long drives around. I don't know if he's on a, on a scooter or in a car or what he's doing. And, and, but now is that, and, and, what, and what do we do with that person? Okay, so suppose my three block area or Ford Ranch Triangle wants, a, wants to hire our own five policemen at night. And they see some action and they shoot some people. Which, you know, uh, maybe to save somebody, maybe they're quick triggered, who knows what. N- now what? I mean, I mean it, we're paying all these taxes for people to do this and it's not happening. Now, do we have to go and, and pay other people? Do we have to have a doorman for our block? I mean, uh, I mean, w- at some point in society, I mean, I, as you know, I took, I went and had my concealed carry class. I never, I never got the license because I never, don't really want to carry a gun around, but I wanted the training. I'm at a point now where if, if I actually started driving in some of these areas, there was a big shooting yesterday or the day before on 81st and Racine or something. Well, hell, I take 83rd Street down to my brother's house all the time. This is in broad daylight, and I mean, do I, do I need to to actually have a gun? I, I I sure as hell don't want one. But this is these are the times of day that you used to think you were safe at noon. You're not. I mean, uh, it's. I don't think they'd be shooting. Especially if you're a policeman, Tom. Or yeah. Policeman. If you're if you're a letter carrier for the post office. What, we've what, had what, since when do you think post office guys got a bunch of dough? What are you robbing them for? What are you What are you trying to get? I, I don't get it. Well, yeah, you know, there's tremendous opportunities for identity theft and stealing mail, and it, you know, it's just a, it's a dive into, um, you know, grab bag stuff. It's not clear to me that it's worth your, your time to commit a federal crime in the hopes that you'll get some credit card application that you can misdirect to yourself and open a credit card in somebody else's name and destroy that person's credit. But there must be enough of a business in it that these are also being ported coordinated now and that you got people who are you know attacking you know letter carriers in short order one after the other uh i don't understand that kind of criminal mind unless it's part of a strategy that i you're stealing somebody's cell phone maybe maybe you're stealing somebody's cell phone you're you're, you're gonna use a cell phone for three robberies and throw it away you don't want to use your own whatever it is i mean i mean it's an easy target yeah i mean how many how many you know Letter carriers are carrying weapons. You know, I don't think they're allowed to. I, yeah, um, I don't they think used they are. to be. Um, my dad used to carry you know, when he worked in the railway mail because it was like the you know tales of Wells Fargo. You know, people used to hold up trains and take all the contents of the mail car, baggage car, and everything yeah. else. But postal workers were armed until the mid fifties. I mean, I, unless but, we we decide, and the homeless situation, I don't. You know, and maybe people are doing this. You know, I, I doubt it, but I would say if we had. You know, Dr. Blade on here, we, we would need, if there's a, an encampment of 100 people, we need to show up, we, and say, okay, uh, everybody, come on over here, we're going to interview everybody, where are you, where's your education, when's the last time you had a job, are you on drugs, are you not, uh, can we, if we had a job, are five people ready to go to work the next morning, eight, ten, I'm going to say, Ugh. Surely not. Probably more than that. Um, does everybody need a shower? Probably. Does everybody need some new set of clothes? Probably. Now we're going to talk to everybody. Now that you're clean and you feel better about yourself after maybe a meal, what what can we do 
are we are we looking for a place? Is there any income? When's the last time you were? I don't even think we know, Jen. I mean, it, the only way you, the only way you know is is to find out what what is the depth of the problem. Is everybody on drugs? Are some people just starting? Are there a few people that actually, if you had a job for them, you know what? I'd rather I'd rather pay five of them of them. I'm just, I don't like they're not people. They are. You know what? Go around and, and, and pick up trash at Horner Park tomorrow. I don't care if it's a made-up job, but guess what? There probably is trash at Horner Park that needs to be picked up. I'd rather have you do have you do that than than, than, than sending checks to you for doing nothing and, and, and having nothing to do all day. I mean, we, we got to figure out there, there's stuff that needs to be done. If, even, even if you, you just clean the park and you send five other people there to clean it again, at least then there's there's some honor to what you did. You earned your dough. Or, there's a there's a progress out of here. I mean, I something has to happen instead of just oh man, what are we gonna do? I mean, we're well, do- the, the recent studies I've read about what's happened in Los Angeles is you know every time there's an infusion of cash directed towards the homeless problem, the size of the homeless problem increases dramatically. So you know, you're throwing more and more cash to create. I, I'm, a, I'm a trying field. to I'm trying to get knowledge here. I'm not trying to throw cash at people. I'm trying to figure out what, right. what is the that, depth this of the is, problem. This is the only solution. I mean, this is what Brandon Johnson's mansion tax is all about. I can guarantee you that the homeless problem will explode, you know, if you start throwing millions of dollars. This, this is, but this none is, of these dollars are directed towards fixing what's really going wrong. This is Brandon Johnson with the... Uh, and I heard him talk this morning. And I, I almost whacked into a light pole. Uh, I don't... It's all about more money through the community organizers First thing I would do is I don't want any community organizers. You're either you're either working for the city on a problem or you're out. I mean, wh- who are you, who are you people? And I'm not giving you any more dough ever. That's just me. I mean, you're not elected. You're not anything. You're just. I mean, maybe that's a little too harsh. But the point being, well, that that's his background, Tom. I mean, he's a community organizer. But he also he. I'm well, going to say that he never sees himself. And this is this is a this is a this is a cheap shot. But I'm going to throw it anyway. He never sees himself as buying a house over a million dollars. So it'll never affect him. It's it's like an alderman who who, who who parks on the street because he'll never get a ticket, increasing the parking tax when he's never going to pay it. They don't ever. We're going to increase the stripper tax because I don't go to strip clubs. You know, it's one of those. You never increase the tax on yourself. So he, I'm sure he's thinking he's never going to buy a house over a million bucks. It's never going to affect him or anybody he knows. Well, it runs deeper than that, Tom, because even in his acceptance speech the night he won the election, it was the classic. It's, it's us versus them. And who the yeah. them was, as opposed to who the us were, was very clear to me. If you had money and you know, had some stake in, in property to stay in Chicago and contribute to its well-being, as opposed to being impoverished and on the dole, the, the, the relatively prosperous people who don't commit crimes you know, in big numbers... They constantly owe. They have too much. They owe. They have too much. And that you know, Chicago needs more <laughs> people who can afford property at that price and are willing to live in this yeah. city and pay its tax bills and everything else and, and so for him to say that this is you know the people we want to drive away well you know you got detroit as a model well it's one it's, really we've well. gone from a few people and i was going to ask you a few people out of a thousand that for whatever reason you know they don't have the right genes or they don't have the they you know something happened they they they, they can't really be uh producing more than they take we can deal with some percentage of that. You can't just be an entire group that says, you guys, whoever you guys are, just owe me stuff as long as I've lived. I mean, why, why, does, why is that exactly? I mean, why, 
because you have too much. Well, whose opinion is that? How did you get it? Well, I actually worked every day. Yeah, but and I don't ever want to work. But I think you have too much. Well, that's. I guess that's interesting, uh, John. <laughs> but, it's, but it's clearly not. I don't think the American way that most of it, because if nobody's producing, nobody's got anything, right? And uh, yep. I don't. I mean, I don't. No, I mean, you don't, we don't want to take this to the furthest degree, but this. Uh, I had a, the head of the uh, one, of the, probably one of the worst guests I ever had, was the head of the uh, Chicago Teachers Pension Fund. And we we started talking about. I said, well, you know, the teachers are getting this at such and such an age, and a lot of other people don't have pensions, and it's it's to the point where uh, you know you can't get to a stage where the other people can't afford it. And the guy said, look, as far as we're concerned, uh, there's always enough money out there, and we get our deal no matter what because that this is our deal. And I said, but other people think they had a pension, and now no companies have pensions anymore. But a lot of people. They were promised a deal, and they don't get it. And he basically said, if there's if there's one man standing left in the city, and like you know, forty thousand policemen or uh, te- teachers getting retirement, the one guy better have enough money because he owes it. And I, I, I don't know how that math works. It's not a question of humanity; it's a question of math to me. I, but uh, I mean, if it's a question of sanity. But I mean, <laughs> but the point is, you can't have five or six percent of your population. I mean. When I first started down here in the exchanges, there were, well, I don't know what the term would be. I'm going to say they probably weren't, well, they probably were homeless, but they went to the the mission over on State Street at night, most of them. Uh, was it on State Street? Pacific Art, yeah. was over there. And uh, these were guys that I think, you know, might have been Vietnam guys that, you know, too much drugs, too much Agent Orange, whatever. They were all messed up. And they'd be in some, you know, and every, every trader had, I use the term, his bum and give these guys some dough enough for to, to keep them in booze in the Pacific Garden at night. That, and you, but, you know, there, there weren't very many, and they were all older guys that were really, you know, they couldn't have worked. They, it, was, it was really bad, John, but at least most of them had a place to sleep at night. But now everybody's younger. It's, I think drugs are more of a problem. We're talking about more and more people. And, and they're, they're 25, 30, 35. There's a couple. It's, it's, it's a totally different scene, and I... I don't, I don't know the sociology enough to know, but I know if we start talking about 5 and 10 out of 100 people being like this, I don't see how the rest of the people you, you know, can deal with it. I mean, when I say deal with it, you can't have that many people not working, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I don't think. I don't know the solutions well, I, to any of this. I, I, just, I, I think we better start I've, finding some. I've, I've felt for a while that the extent of the, you know, the drug problem and the drugs we have to deal with now, which are... are very different from the ones that were current on the street 50 years ago. It's part of a, a big strategy that dates back to the opium wars um, in Asia with the Brits and the Chinese. You know, have never forgiven the West for you know its victimization of Chinese culture through opium, and it's turned about as fair play now. So we've got you know the Chinese behind the fentanyl industry, facilitated with our open border with you know Mexico, and its Chinese payback for you know what happened 150 200 years ago it, it's it's just the way the chinese would think if they take you know the long view of things it's going to take a couple generations of an increasingly drugged out population to weaken it to the extent where whatever kind of military you have and we don't have a very good one at the moment to begin with uh it's going to be a pushover for takeover for, for co-opting and nobody will know the difference, perhaps, and nobody at that point will be, you know, sober enough to care. Well, um, what do you mean? Just to come back to something. Yeah, go ahead. But, 
something that, that you know when when Lou was was talking earlier um, about you know the misuse of the you know the judicial system in this in the latest Trump indictment and you know how destructive this is for everybody's confidence uh, in an outcome when you've got the, this system so tilted where you can bankrupt a, a demonized person and make the law all of a sudden something that stifles free speech for everybody we've got a really clear example I think of, of another arm of this happening in the, the UK with Nigel Farage and I don't know if he's, he's come up very much in the conversation on, on he is now we should bring that up but but you know, he's somebody who has never been forgiven for the stance he took on Brexit, and he was a point person for that, and got the UK out of the stupid EU. And he's never been forgiven by the, the banking industry and, and the people behind you know, the open borders, in the UK, and everything else. So that they decided they could deplatform him by depriving him of the right to have a bank account. And you know, this is you know, it's the same thing being done. Not so much because. They don't like Farage, although they despise him. But they're trying to destroy his power base and telling people behind him well, who sympathize with him. And Farage is a you know friend of Trump's too. Um, if you feel like this guy does, then boy, have we got retaliation up the you know sleeve for you. All we do is tell you you can't have a bank account, and then you no longer have the right to earn money on whatever wealth you have, or even any clean way of spending it. So that's a terror campaign. You know, Farage is the point person, and the banks have, you know, suffered a huge scandal for having this disclosed. But its target is the people who like Farage and would be willing to vote for him. In is, some is there ever been life. a? We'll talk about this maybe on Monday, Jan. But is there ever been in your history or my reading? You read more than me. Uh, a democratic society that has somehow been able to, to overturn all this. I mean, because. It, it just happens over time that people get entrenched everywhere. It happened in Rome. It happened. Every, every democratic society lasts, what, about 200 years and, and usually falls from its own weight. I mean, uh, or, or, or there's some big revolutioners or something where it's, it's just natural for people to get in and get control. It's just the way people are. And somehow, some way in, in the business world, when you get that entrenched, usually you get inefficient and some other firm will come up and throw you out. Right? And so there, there's. There's a mechanism in the business world, especially in a, in a free market, which I'm not so sure ours is anymore. Uh, there's a mechanism for that to happen. But, and, and we say we can do it by the ballot box here, but I, I don't see a third-party person ever being able to, to run here. I don't see... I mean, well, I don't think you could trust an election process with two parties the way it's being run now. No, I mean, maybe, maybe it's... Unregulated mail-in ballots and everything else. I mean, you don't need a third party to fix... Well, but no, what I'm saying is you have, you have as, as much as people on the right hate people on the left and the other way around here, and I won't say hate, but uh, the, the fact is, Jan, that both parties are controlled by the money, and the money is in the hands of relative few. I mean, neither one of these parties, they, they, they will argue, they'll point fingers at each other back and forth, but they'll never say, hey, John Flanagan, you took money from this place, that's why your vote isn't worth a squat, because guess what, I probably took money from the same person. You know, so to me, it, 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 it's an economic. Maybe I should never have taken the two classes from George Stigler. I, I, all the all the the party fighting that, uh, I, you know, sometimes you and some of the people on the on the right like to do versus people on the left. And I, I talked to a couple more liberal people last night. Uh, it, to me, it's 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 all a mirage. It's it's where is the cash, and where is it going? And and both sides are being are being controlled by the same. Do you think we would have? T- Ever have two people like like Biden and Trump anywhere near the top 
of of our country if 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 the do you think these either one of those people controlled anything i mean really well, i do know that you know the people who are controlling people like mitch mcconnell and the bidens are the chinese so you got people on both sides the aisle here who are working for the other side well don't and don't don't, don't, don't making any attempt to disguise them. but don't think so that the, that's, that's the whole thing because of this bribery scheme that's you know in the news now um if, if our policy with the chinese has been dictated by what benefits the Biden don't think don't think that our us. our big banking groups don't think the goldmans of the world don't think blackrock is not they, they are not somewhat involved and i'm stunned at the uh oh, they're totally involved we're working for for them too but we're, we're certainly not working for the voters well but, yeah because i but i mean this 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 relationship and i i you know i'm going on a limb here it seems to me that there's quite a relationship between i don't know how you separate the chinese from blackrock or maybe even goldman they've been there from day one there's the amount of money that's over there Obviously, somebody here is owed that dough, and whoever the somebody is, if they don't get it, they're not going to be happy. I mean, I, I don't even yep. begin to know where, where all this stuff goes. I mean, like Dan, uh, Dan Janitas, who has his finger absolutely on the pulse of the fixed income market, goes, Dan, what's going on with all this Chinese debt? He goes, I don't hear boo. Goes, well, somewhere, it's someplace. Anyway, John, we got a oh, dash. We'll continue. We'll continue. Yep. Am I ever going to see you in one of these days? Oh, sure. Well, by the way, your name was being bandied about uh, last night, uh, and you are... Uh, next Wednesday, I shouldn't be doing this on the air, but uh, my friend Bill, uh, who has been researching all the stuff that, all the all the archives that Tuman has from his 40 years, would like to talk to you about it. How he's already talked to the people at DePaul, and w- would like to have some of your ideas. And I mean, he basically doesn't want to throw it out. And I said, Jan right. knows more about this than anybody. And he said, Well, drag him up here some night. Let's talk to him. So, oh, I'd be pleased to come. Sure. Yeah, because I mean, evidently. Uh, all the stuff about the Jeff Ford trials and all that stuff, Tuman has it festivity, you know, absolutely cataloged <laughs> perfectly. And, uh, I mean, we, you can't just be winging that stuff out in mean, Chicago history. Uh, anywho, SP Futures down 17, the SP Futures down 101. And anyway, we're looking for a bounce. You're not getting it yet. Be right back. Be right back tomorrow morning, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.